0: This is The Lost Started of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Have you ever been in a situation where you said something simply to get it off your chest and suddenly 10 people are offering their opinions and advice and looking up things for you and so now you're overwhelmed because that's not exactly what you were expecting. You were literally just saying it because it came to mind and you had to say it. This sort of thing happens all the time. And that can happen when we're not clear in delivering our needs that we want to get out of a specific conversation. So today we want to talk about how we can express our needs for particular conversations and interactions, as well as how to better pick up on the needs of other people. This can happen in small examples like what I just mentioned, where maybe you flippantly make a remark that you can't find your planner and suddenly everyone in the room is looking for your planner and that's not really what you needed. Or on a larger scale, really important conversations where you have a specific intention with what you're wanting to get out of the conversation, but aren't clearly expressing what those needs are, and therefore you get frustrated when your conversation partner doesn't pick up on that. It's really important that we articulate exactly what we're wanting when we can. We're not always able to do that, but when we can, there are helpful strategies to do so, and so that's what we would like to talk with you all about today.
1: And I think that is something that happens so much, is that when we have these thoughts and these bigger conversations that we want to have, and we expect our conversation partners, whether it be our romantic partner, our best friend, our co-worker, and we present these thoughts and information to them, we sometimes expect them to respond in the way that we want them to, without clearly stating what we want to hear back. Because there's so many times when, for example, I've been in conversations, this a lot happens with my mother, where she is a pure advice giver. All the feedback that she gives me is solely just advice. And so it's really hard for me to talk to her. And before I found strategies, I would just not tell her things. And we had this dynamic of, why don't you tell me things? And I would just share, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable. Or I do share things with you. And I got into this weird dynamic between us because whenever I tried to have a discussion with her, she was not giving me what I needed back in the conversation. And so what I've done a lot of in the past and what me and Trisha have discussed a lot is that... There are clear strategies that we've used to improve the conversations that we have to increase the feedback that we're getting from our partners.
0: Yeah, I think a big part of this too is, and we've said this so many times on the show, but making sure you remember that people are not mind readers. Yes. So Molly, your mom didn't know what you needed from the conversation. Perhaps she thought you wanted advice in that situation when really you just wanted to vent. And that's such a
1: motherly thing to do. She embodies her role of helping me and giving me advice and helping me on my path. But as I grew older, I realized that's not always what I needed as a daughter, and she had to shift her role as a mother. It was this whole dynamic shift. But I've done a lot of work with her specifically to talk about what I specifically need in the conversation before we start off on this conversation we're going to have. She actually did it so well the other day. I was so proud of her. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, you did it, you did it. And she's like, I know, I did it. It was like this huge like moment. But what it was is I always ask her, or I always tell her before a conversation starts saying, hey, mom, I'm going to tell you this, but I really just want to vent or I really just want to share this with you. I don't want any advice. And so that's helped her a lot. It wasn't an immediate thing at all, because her natural instinct is to be like, oh, but do this. Have you thought of this? Let me help you. But the other day on the phone, we were talking, and she said, well, first, do you want advice or do you want to just talk to me? And I was like, oh, I just want to talk, Mom. Thank you. So it's it's a good strategy to talk about, sharing exactly what you need prior to the conversation.
0: Yeah, and I think, I know we just sort of jumped straight into that, but one of the main Then, one of the times this happens most is when we offer unsolicited opinions and advice. And we touched on this a little bit in our offering opinions and advice episode, but today we're gonna get a little more specific. One thing that often happens is someone will be talking about a problem, and really in that situation, they just wanna talk about the problem and express their feelings, but people's natural gut reaction is, okay what do they need from me? How can I help? And then they jump in and try to offer solutions and advice and opinions. And that's not coming necessarily from a bad place, but sometimes that's not what the person needs. And so then the person who's telling the story and receiving the advice can get overwhelmed because they think, oh gosh, I wasn't, that's not what I wanted. And we grow frustrated when that happens, when really what we can do is do what Molly was saying, is preface the conversation by saying, okay, I'm not ready for advice yet. Molly literally said that to me the other day. We were talking about a situation she was having and she said, okay, I'm not ready for advice, but I do want to talk about this. And so then that really helped me as the listener. One, it helped me because I knew what she wanted from me and it took a lot of the pressure off me because now I didn't have to be thinking about, oh gosh, how am I going to help her solve her problem? It was like, okay, I'm just going to listen and let her talk. And then by having that permission We had a much more productive conversation than if I immediately jumped in and tried to solve all her problems.
1: And then what would happen to me if Trisha had jumped in is I probably would have shut down and been like, okay, thanks, got to go. And it wouldn't have been a fruitful conversation and I would be feeling left empty. Trisha would be left feeling confused and it wouldn't be an equal productive conversation. But because I shared I just need to vent or I just need to share my situation, Trisha knew her role, I knew my role, and we were comfortable.
0: It was really funny in that situation, too, because after Molly finished telling me the whole situation, she's like, okay, now I'm ready for your advice. What do you think I should do? And I was like, uh, honestly, I was just listening. I have no idea. And so then we started to walk through the solution together, and it was actually really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. And sometimes that that happens. Like, I thought my intent in that conversation was just to share my story and share with Trisha, what's going on in my life. But by the end of it, I realized, oh no, wait, I am ready to receive advice. So then I shared with her, okay, change your role. And we were like backtracking, but it was great.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually reading this book right now. I'm getting ready to lead a workshop about the seven principles of making marriage work and communicating in a marriage. This is a book written by John Gottman and Nan Silver, and it's amazing. Highly recommend and one of their points that they make is that every day couples come home and they talk about their day. And it's it's really important that you give your partner the space to just talk about their day and not try to jump in and immediately problem solve. And even though that problem solving is often coming from a good place, you're trying to help, it's really important that you don't do that. Because when the person wants – that advice, they will likely ask for it. So if, for example, someone comes home and they vent and then you're not giving them advice and they want it, they're likely to say, okay, what do you think I should do in this situation? Or what's your opinion? But it's safer to err on the side of, okay, I'm just going to listen and empathize. And if they don't express what they need, they might start the conversation by saying, hey, don't give me advice. I just want to vent. But more often than not, they're just going to go into the conversation and expect you to know. And so it's, it's a balance. We both want to get better at expressing our needs in conversations, but we also want to read our communication partner's needs as well. And so what I would say is err on the side of empathizing and listening. And then you can even say, do you want my advice? Do you want to know what I think about this? Or are you just getting this off your chest?
1: And I think that's sometimes really hard for the listener because that is the natural role that people assume in those type of situations. it Naturally, your brain jumps to, I'm going to be the advice giver. I need to think of something because obviously this person's coming to me for help. And whether that comes of a place of entitlement like I know so much or I just really want to help my best friend or my partner in this situation because they're obviously hurting and struggling. And I think that's Mm -hmm. actually the key thing is if someone's coming to you with a difficult situation. You know they're hurting and struggling. So your automatic response in your brain might be, I need to help them. Let me give them advice. But that's not always the best situation based on what your partner needs.
0: It's really interesting because in this book, they're pointing out that this is mostly a struggle for men meaning that women will just want to vent and talk about their day and express their feelings and men will immediately jump into the problem solver mode. And then the woman gets frustrated because she wasn't looking for a problem solver. She was just looking for compassion and support. Whereas women are better at just listening. But in every female friend that I've talked to about this, everyone says, yeah, I just jump in and want to (laughs) help. And I think it's, similar but from a different perspective so from the masculine energy they're saying I want to problem solve and from the feminine energy it's saying I want to nurture and let you feel supported but you can help someone feel supported without trying to actively solve their problem you can let them feel supported just by being a listening ear and that's often what people want and people need because then if you're giving them advice before they're ready or when they're not open and receptive to it they're going to develop resentment towards you Even if it's this, a lot of this happens at a subconscious level. And that's why we want to talk about how important it is to be open and cognizant of the fact that it's okay to explicitly state, Hey, this is what I need from you right now. I need you to listen and I need you to not tell me what you think, or I really am looking for some guidance on this. Let me tell you everything I'm thinking. And then let me hear your opinion.
1: That's something that I know a lot of people are scared of too, is explicitly stating their intent. And I'm so excited we're talking about it so clearly because that is something that we feel is, at least I perceive other people to think is pushy or um, overly communicative in a bad way. But I think it's so necessary, especially with these blurred boundaries of what is my role in the conversation. So it is. It is great to do these kind of things. And I think what is even more important before any of this too is know what you really want. Because that's a step that a lot of people don't do either is they'll just jump into something and they don't know what they want to receive in the conversation. And then when they receive the wrong input, they're like, oh, this is horrible. I'm in a frustrated state now. So even before stating what you need, figure out what you need.
0: Yeah, and that's hard. You're not always going to know. Because sometimes you go into a conversation expecting that you just want to vent. And then like what happened with Molly, she realized, oh, I actually do want some advice. But if it's something important to you, really take, if it's a conversation that you're planning to have, really know what you're wanting to get out of the conversation so that your communication partner knows. Because otherwise they're going to pick up on whatever they choose to see through their own lens and their own filter. And they're going to show up in a way that works best for them. But it might not be what you're wanting from the conversation. So for example, let's say a couple is having an argument or has a disagreement about something and one partner just wants to talk through it and brainstorm potential solutions, but the other partner is hearing, "Oh gosh, She's breaking up with me right now. And so then they start saying all the ways that they can fix their relationship. And she's like, no, that's not where I was coming from at all. I just wanted to discuss this problem and get a little deeper. But if she didn't preface with that and saying, hey, this is not an end-all be-all. I just want to talk about it. Then he's going to be thinking the whole time about his interpretation, which is that, oh, gosh, the relationship is ending. And that whole conversation is just not going to go well. Yes. Yes.
1: And this can also happen in less pressure filled conversations, smaller conversations. So for example, the other day in my office, I work with a lot of um, women in the same space at a time. So it was me and then I think three of my coworkers. And I stated something about one of our policies. And I was asking, hey, is this something that is a policy And all three of them jumped in at the same time and started sharing all their thoughts and da-da-da-da-da, like, this isn't a policy, but I think it should be, and these are my thoughts, and let me look in the handbook, and da-da-da-da-da. And I said, oh, so sorry, I didn't state what I meant. I was thinking out loud, I'm just going to go talk to our boss about it later. You're good. (laughs) And I was just telling Trisha this before, because we talked about the episodes before, I was saying, I kind of felt like I was coming across aggressive, but... I don't think I was because I was just clearly stating my intent and it shut down the conversation and I wasn't feeling frustrated. And then I did go to my boss and got the answer. So once I clearly stated the intent and even though it was after the conversation already started, it cleared the air and made everything so much more helpful.
0: Yeah. So that happens to me all the time. I, where you kind of have to backtrack and say, this is what I meant from that. But I am the kind of person that I am a ruminator. And so until I say something, if I get it out in the ether, then it'll stop bothering me. But usually it's something so insignificant. Like for example, every time I go to a restaurant, I spend forever deciding what I want. And then every time I order something, I'm like, Oh, I should have gotten that. And whatever. It just, it's just like a life sentence. I'm always going to be that way. And I just have to say, it. I just have to tell someone, Oh, I wish I'd gotten that. And then I can enjoy my meal. I don't know why some things struggle for me. But anyway, the point of me saying it is not so that everyone can say, oh, gosh, do you want to turn it, take it back? Or like, And then have immediate problem solving. I'm not looking for sympathy. I literally just need to say it and get it off my chest. And so that's something that people who know me well know by now. And sometimes what I do a lot is I'll preface by saying, I'm just saying this so that I can stop thinking about it, but I really wish I'd ordered the pizza. Or in other situations, for example, if you're talking to someone about something personal, I try to be the listener and the supporter, but sometimes there's something relevant that I want to say, but I don't want to make them think that I'm taking the conversation and making it about me. So I'll usually say something like, I'm just saying this because it's relevant to what you said, and I want you to know you're not alone, but a similar experience happened to me. Here's what happened, and that way they know I'm not disregarding what they've said. I'm not trying to take the conversation and make it about me, and then again, at the end, I'll say, I'm just letting you know so that we can compare notes. I'm not trying to take that conversation it's okay to say that so that way the person isn't all of a sudden like oh gosh now let's turn to focus on Trisha's problem it's okay this is still about me she's just letting me know so that we can relate on that topic yeah
1: yeah and I think going back to what you said about like how you communicate and how you ruminate on things Mm -hmm. me and Trisha are best friends and even I struggle with this so much with her like the other (laughs) day she was talking about her journal, and she's like, I can't remember what I wrote in this time. And I was like, well, what if you – let me think about that time. Let's go back in time. What was happening in that time?
0: And then – So, yeah. So what happened is Molly and I were talking, and right before we got on the phone, I'd been looking through an old journal entry, and I was really distressed about something, and I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out what happened on December 22nd that made me so distressed. And it was just on my mind, so Molly was talking, and then it took me a minute to answer, and I said, sorry, I'm just a little distracted because I just saw this journal entry – and so then Molly's immediate response was, oh, okay, let's think. December 22nd, like, what were you doing that day? And she wanted to talk through it, which makes sense. But for me, I literally was just saying it so that then I could get it off my brain and focus on the conversation. So I had to tell her, no, no, I'm just saying it so that I can focus. I don't need to talk about it. But it's a well, vault. You have to – I had to communicate my needs, and Molly also needed to – to be receptive to what I had said, but she was just doing what she thought made sense.
1: And it's so interesting because we are so close best friends wise. And I, and even when I know Trisha's communication style so well, you still can fall into that role of like, let me be the fixer. Let me be the advice giver. So even if you think that thought of like, well, they should know what I want. They might not. (laughs) So it's always super important to be super clear on your intention and what you want to receive.
0: Yeah, because you can know someone inside and out, but those things you're never going to have to, you're never going to be able to completely stop communicating. So then when you meet someone new, it's super important because sometimes I'll do that with people I don't really know, and then I'll look at them and say, You don't have to solve my problem here. I'm just talking out loud. And I think that really makes people feel. Yeah, it makes people feel a lot more comfortable as saying, I'm not expecting you to to do all this for me. I you just met me. I'm just venting and then people are able to laugh and and converse with you as opposed to feeling like, "Oh my gosh, this girl just told me her whole life story and now she's asking for my advice." It's like, "No, I'm just telling you that because it just happened and I just wanted to get it off my chest."
1: So, I think on that note, talking about what other roles people can have in a conversation besides being the advice giver because that is such a natural Or fixer, Because that's such a natural role to take on in a conversation like this. So when you have that natural intuition to go into that, if the other person doesn't need that, what do you do to make sure that they know you're still listening, you're still there for them? But what do you do?
0: I think it's active listening. So you want to show your empathy. Some phrases that the Gottmans point out in their marriage book is you can say things like, what a bummer, you're making total sense, I get it, I'm on your side, I totally agree with you, no wonder you're upset, that sounds really scary, and you can also, just going off of my own opinion, is ask them how you can help, say what can I do to help you, or, but first you want to express that empathy, so use those phrases to say I hear you. I'm here for you. And just let them go and let them keep talking. And then once it seems like they've said everything they've said and say, is there something I can do to help? One thing the Gottmans advise against is don't ask why questions. Mm. And say, why do you think that upset you? Oh, that's so interesting. Because then I thought it was interesting too. They're saying, because it can almost sound accusatory. I just pictured myself saying it's you, Tricia. And I was
1: like, oh, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Because it sounds like I'm digging for more or accusing you of, well, why would that upset you?
0: Huh. Exactly. So instead, you can say something like, How come you think that bothers you? Which is similar. It's essentially the same information, but when you ask a why question, sometimes it can feel accusatory.
1: Yeah. Something that I dealt with a lot as a child was some of my friends always seemingly, this is how I interpreted it, trying to one up me in those kind of conversations. Mm. Oh, it's bringing back so many memories. So (laughs) um, whenever I would say a story or tell someone about my bad day or whatever, one of my then friends would say, well, guess what happened to me? This is what happened to me. And it's way worse. And you're like, oh, I guess it is. Cool. All right. And so Mm. it was so frustrating. And so I stopped talking to her about my problems because I just said, oh, she's just going to try and – "Quote unquote," one up me, and I don't know if that was her intention. Maybe she was just not knowing what else to say or what to do, or maybe she was self absorbed. Who knows? But it was that was the role she fell into, and I, I despised
0: it. That's so interesting because I know we've talked before about not doing that and not turning every conversation about you. Sometimes people are doing it because they don't want to jump into that problem solver role, or they're just trying to relate. And so this is how I connect with you on that. Sometimes people are doing it because they're self absorbed, but it's that's just really interesting that you bring that up because I think being in the problem solver advice role is usually coming from a very empathetic kind place. But then to take it to the next degree is saying it's figuring out really what that person needs because while you can be so well intentioned and say, I'm just trying to help, that can be overwhelming for the other person who may not be receptive to that help and they may go into the conversation fully looking to just share and not get advice and if because trust that if they want your advice they will seek it they will say okay what are you thinking now like what are you how can you help me
1: that's one of the biggest I don't want to spoil our takeaways but I think that's a really big takeaway of this episode Mm -hmm. is they will ask you for advice when they want Mm -hmm. it but anyways continue
0: no, that was mostly just saying, don't. Yeah. So as a strategy, even if you're thinking, okay, I'm not supposed to problem solve, it's you want to show your active listening before making it about yourself. And if you do mention something about yourself, use one of the prefaces we mentioned earlier. Communicate your intentions, why you're sharing about yourself. I'm just bringing this up because it's, I feel like it's relevant to you. And the only perspective I have is my own. And so I don't know how to help you other than to tell you my story, but here's my story. And they might not want to hear your story. So that's another thing too. say. This is so big. Say, do you want to hear what it was like for me when my father passed away? Or is that going to be too much? Because sometimes if someone is going through something really personal It's nice to have that connection to know, wow, I'm not alone. But other times hearing someone else's story can really make it harder. And I actually had an experience recently. I was crying and really upset about something and she was trying to make me feel better. So she kept telling me about her life and how she had, she was in my position years ago and blah, blah, blah. But now she wasn't in that position anymore. And she got through it and she thought she was making it better and showing me encouragement, but it was not making it better. It was making me feel really worthless and like, wow, she could get through those years ago and I'm still going through this. And so even though she came from the best of best places, it's not what I needed in that moment. I actually really didn't want to talk about it. And so I should have communicated better and said, thank you. I appreciate your advice. And I just would rather not talk about it. And she also could have said, do you want to hear what my experience was like with that? Or should we move on?
1: Yes. I was just thinking back on, like, my own experiences. If I do want advice, I will go read a book or I will go seek it out with a person. Like, I don't need to just get assumed that I need that. I'm not going to motivational talk. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking yeah, like in that situation, she was like, it's my turn to jump on the stage and share my experiences because I have well, all the she information. she made me
0: cry. She said something that made me cry. Mm-hmm. And so she was trying to repair, which is fair. Oh, because she, okay. she had said something that upset me and she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to, to do that. Here, let me talk about why it's going to be better. And it, I just – it was – to the point where it was just too far gone. She was just digging herself into a deeper and deeper hole. And it was fine. We repaired it. But the safe thing to do in any, anytime someone's upset or getting emotional, the safest thing is to say, what can I do? What do you need from me right now? Because especially if someone's in that state, they might not feel comfortable saying, okay, this is what I need. So again, we want to get better at expressing our needs, but we also want to get better at, asking explicitly what we can do for the other person and how we can help them because people are going to appreciate that. It's not going to be like, oh my gosh, how come he doesn't know? Mm -hmm. It's going to be like, oh wow, you actually took the time to ask me that. And that's, that's nice.
1: Yeah. And we can only work on ourselves, right? We can only work on ourselves expressing our own needs and giving other people the space to express theirs by asking them, what do you need?
0: Yeah. So main takeaway is to be comfortable Expressing what you need from a conversation. And if you don't know what your partner is needing from the conversation, don't be afraid to ask. Yes. So my homework takeaway would be the next time you have a conversation of some importance coming up, really do what Molly said earlier and stop and reflect and say, what do I want out of this conversation from the other person? Do I want the other person to... Offer a solution. Do I want the other person to call me out on all the reasons that I'm wrong? Because sometimes we look to friends for that too. Is I, sometimes I have friends that I go to just to give me a big slap in the face and tell me why I'm an idiot. Or do I want this person to just listen and make sure that you preface your conversation with that need?
1: Yes. And then my takeaway is when you do find yourself in the active listener role in a conversation like this, Make sure you are self-evaluating what you're doing. Are you jumping into that advice-giving role super quick? And if you are, take a step back and then give your give yourself space to ask, what do you need? See if you can just raise your awareness of what role you're stepping into more in those kind of conversations.
0: Yeah, and never assume that you know what the other person needs because you don't. Yeah. Because, like, for example, when we were talking about Molly and I <laughs> – Molly gets it wrong all the time. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> but never assume. I think that's a danger that people fall into: is they think, "Oh, I know exactly what this person wants because I was there before." You don't really know, and you're never really going to know because we're just not mind readers, and as good as we think we are at it, we're just not. And so, to improve our empathy, really asking and really telling is all that we can do. Perfect. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, or feedback, please reach out to us at larsertivecommunication at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, leave us a rating or review.
1: We've been posting a lot more things on our Facebook, too, so check that out. We have some good articles we share, and we always post better new episodes coming up. Thank you all.